my wife is a great helper to me. She's, she's got the gifts that kind of offset me. Uh, they're different gifts, and when we work together, things go better than when we work by ourselves. Um, she balances me in a good way. And uh, some of you have experienced that as she has helped me remember something or uh, uh, do something better. And so uh, I'm grateful for her. I want you to know something. Uh, we help each other in the church, but there's one helper that is the greatest helper of all, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in ways that no one else can help us, and he helps us with supernatural power. Uh, the scripture we're going to look at today, uh, they're talking about, listen, the church had needs and some of the needs weren't being met. And like any time that needs aren't being met in church, a lot of times there are grumblings and gripings that take place. And uh, that was what was happening in the early church. And so uh, the apostles recognized, listen, we've got thousands of people here. We've got, we're trying to deal with this, and, and uh, we're, we're not doing a, a great job because there's just not enough of us to go around. And so they said, choose six men, seven men, of good reputation, great in wisdom, and filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, to do this work. And so they did that. They picked out these seven men, and these seven men helped to meet this need for the widows. Uh, the widows who had been overlooked were now being cared for. The, the meals were being uh, passed out that were needed. And uh, the church, the Bible says here, grew and prospered. Why? Because God was empowering these men with the Holy Spirit to do a work of service. Sometimes we think of, of the Spirit filling someone maybe to speak or filling someone to do something maybe uh, that is out in the open. But oftentimes the Holy Spirit will use people behind the scenes. He'll use people in roles of service. And the Holy Spirit can help you do the service that you're doing for God on a different level. Um, that service will be done with an additional level of wisdom, uh, with an additional level of efficiency uh, and, and skill because the Holy Spirit is helping that work to get done. Uh, some of you have a great uh, understanding of how to do things that are practical. Uh, as the Holy Spirit of God fills you, you can do those things on even another level. I think of the two men in the Old Testament, Bezalel and Aholiab. I bet your, your kids aren't named that. Uh, but uh, these two men were chosen by God to make the tabernacle. Uh, they were given great arti artistic skill in, in like the, the weaving of the garments. Also, uh, they fashioned the metals, the metalwork, and the, uh, all of the um, fine construction of that tabernacle. And God gave them a skill that was just above and beyond. And, and they did this work as an honor and uh, to the glory of God. Um, so God uses all different kinds of people. What are, the, what are the apostles doing? The apostles said, look, we're giving ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. So they're called by God to be in prayer for God's people. They're called by God to prepare the scripture for God's people. They said, we don't need to go away from that to wait on tables. But guess what? God had somebody there to do that job. And so 
uh, they did it together, and it was great. And uh, among these, these seven deacons was one named Stephen who stood out above the rest. Stephen had a special faith. He had a special power. And uh, he not only did the work of service, but he began to work out in the community. And uh, he was doing signs and wonders. He was, he was healing people. Uh, but he was also uh, debating. He was a great debater. Uh, and the scripture says that he got into a debate with some people, and they just could not stand up to the wisdom and to the spirit by whom he spoke. And so Stephen had this incredible power of winning people to Jesus Christ, of debating and defending the faith. Um, but also, Stephen had a special joy. Uh, this special joy that Stephen had was not dependent upon his outward circumstance, it was a gift of the Holy Spirit, it was a fruit of the Holy Spirit in his life. Uh, they arrest Stephen. They get jealous of Stephen. They arrest him. They make up a story about him and say that he's speaking against the temple. He's speaking against the law. And uh, they drag him up to the Sanhedrin. And they're, this kangaroo court, it sounds a whole lot like Jesus' trial. They're just doing him wrong. But you don't see Stephen fuming with anger. You don't see Stephen frustrated. You don't see him discouraged. Instead, he has this supernatural joy, and the joy of the Lord is just radiating from his face. And they say, his face looks like an angel. There is something special about him. Have you ever seen somebody, you could just see the joy of the Lord on their face? I love that. Uh, there have been people that I thought, that person has to be a Christian. I can just see Jesus on them, and I don't even know them. But you can just kind of tell. Um, and in some cases, that is the case. That, is, that was the case with Stephen. He has his special joy. So he is helped by the Holy Spirit, and he has learned the secret of walking in the Spirit, and it has made a huge difference. So you have these seven men who have helped the church tremendously through their service. You have this one of those seven who is especially gifted, who is, God is using in a remarkable way, and now the opposition is coming against him. But I want to just focus on the help that the Holy Spirit is giving in this chapter of Scripture. And the title of my message is Helped by the Holy Spirit. We need to look to the Holy Spirit to help us in our lives because he can help us live on a whole different level. Um, all right, let's look at verse 1 of Acts chapter 6. It says, In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of disciples and said it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select men from among you, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, uh, Nicator, Timon, uh, Parmenas, and Nicholas, 
a convert from Antioch. And they had them stand before the disciples uh, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. An opposition arose, however, from some members of the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, and they began to argue with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and against God. They stirred up the people, the elders, and the scribes. So they came, seized him, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witnesses who said, This man never stopped speaking against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So helped by the Spirit. How are we helped by the Spirit? Well, first of all, the Spirit gives wisdom to serve. The Spirit gives wisdom to serve. In verse 3, brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So the Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. The Scripture teaches that. Uh, And the way this is set up, that full of the Spirit and wisdom, full of the Spirit and power, Uh, This idea shows that the Spirit is the source of this wisdom. The Spirit is the source of this power. Uh, And so uh, why were they to look for men of good reputation so the church wouldn't fall into disrepute, right? Uh, Also, men of wisdom because not only did they need to serve, but they were going to have to interact with people, right? And whenever you interact with people, you've got to have the wisdom to know when to keep your mouth shut and when to open it. And when you open it, to open it in the right way, right? And so uh, anyone who has worked with the public understands that, that uh, you need to have some people skills. And so they needed some wisdom. Uh, They also needed wisdom because they were dealing with a problem, right? There was discord. There was there was a, a, a problem in the church. This group is complaining against this group. But, oh, hey, we're not, y- y'all are overlooking us. Y'all, y'all don't care about us the same way. And so they were having to deal with a problem and show that they loved all of God's people, right? And they needed a special wisdom to be able to do that. Uh, so the Holy Spirit helps us with wisdom to serve. Um, it doesn't really matter the area of service uh, God gives you to, to uh, fulfill his will. Um, we talked about uh, Bezalel and Aholiab. Uh, but God has given people skills throughout history. Uh, I think of uh, Hiram, uh, king of Tyre, who had the wisdom to uh, raise those great uh, cedars and, uh, and ship those things to Solomon. And uh, all of the, the different works that, uh, that he did to help. Solomon, of course, was a great example of wisdom. 
uh, God asked him, what should I give you? And Solomon said, give me wisdom to, to govern this great people of yours. And so he had a great gift of organization. He had great, great wisdom in all matters. Uh, aside from Jesus Christ, the wisest man who ever lived. Uh, and so uh, God, God used him mightily, and the people were blessed. They were blessed economically. They were blessed spiritually, at least in the first part of his reign. And, and God used him in so many ways through the wisdom that was imparted supernaturally to him to help the people. God will do the same thing for us today. He'll give us wisdom to serve. And so as God does that, we'll fulfill the purpose and the plan God has for us. Now, um, God has a purpose for each child of God. Do you believe that? And whatever that purpose is, as you fulfill that purpose for God and you ask Him for wisdom, can I tell you something? I believe with all my heart that God will give you the wisdom you need to fulfill the work He's given you to do. Um, God uh, will grant wisdom as you pray quickly and silently for it. I've learned to do that. Uh, I have somebody come to me with a problem, and I can tell. It's written all over their face. Hey, uh, there, there's something I'm concerned about, and, and I just offer a silent prayer right there. I said, Lord, would you please give me wisdom? Uh, or in a counseling situation, a lot of times I will pray for wisdom. God, would you give me wisdom in how to help? this person or, or, or this couple or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and God is, is so faithful to give wisdom and to help in those situations. Um, at times, I've prayed, God, would you show me what to say to this lost person? I don't know how to reach them. Would you lay upon my heart the things I need to share? And he is faithful. And so, uh, what about your kids? Lord, give me wisdom. I don't know what to do with my kids. Lord, I... I don't understand uh, what the next step is. Have you ever had that situation where you're trying to raise your kids and it seems like you're coming upon trouble? And uh, maybe you're not gelling well with your kids. Maybe uh, there's a rebellious spirit or whatever the case may be. And God can give you wisdom to navigate those things in a proper way, right? I remember hearing uh, when I was growing up about people being too strict or people not being strict enough. You've probably heard those stories too, right? Uh, you need to be balanced in that. Well, how do you do that? How do you know when you're being too strict when you're not being strict enough? The Holy Spirit of God can give you wisdom in that. Um, so whatever the area or sphere of life, you can call upon the Lord to help you to have the wisdom that you need. Let him who needs wisdom ask of God, James says who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. And so um, we're helped by the Spirit. How does he help us? He gives us wisdom to serve. Secondly, he gives us faith to receive. He gives us faith to receive. Look at verse 5. The proposal seemed pleasing uh, to the whole company. And so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Again, who is the source of this faith? The source of this faith is the Holy Spirit. Uh, by the way, did you know in the list in Galatians 5 of the fruits of the Spirit, the one that most often is translated faithfulness can also be translated faith? The Spirit can give faith, can impart faith to our hearts. That's very important because the Bible says it will be to you according to your faith, right? And so uh, the, the measure of faith that you have 
will have something to do with how God uses you in this life. Uh, what about this? Raising up the shield of faith, or with we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, are you having a spiritual struggle in your life? The Holy Spirit can give you the faith that you need to overcome in this struggle with the evil one. Um, what about uh, faith uh, to fulfill the purpose of God, right? Uh, I think of Gideon. You know, he's, he's hiding in the wine press, and uh, he, the angel appears to him and says, uh, uh, Hail, mighty man of valor, and he's looking around. Are you talking to me? And, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's scared to death. He's hiding in the wine press, and he says, Hey, you're a mighty man of valor. God wants to use you to deliver the people. Talk about overwhelming. He must have, it must have just blown his mind to hear what God had in store. Uh, but can I tell you something? When God gives you something that is overwhelming in your life, he can supply the power to do it. And that's what he did with Gideon. Of course, Gideon did deliver the Israelites from the Midianites in the power of the Lord. And, uh, and God can use us. And I, I, remember, uh, I remember when I, I first uh, was asked to preach at Youth Sunday. I was a freshman in high school. And uh, it's like a Sunday night where the youth take over the service and do the service. And they asked me to preach. And I didn't want to do it. And I, uh, I said, well, I really don't want to do it. Why don't you find somebody else? Well, well, no, we want you to do it. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do it. And, well, my daddy was a, was a preacher, so I thought, well, I can take one of his sermon outlines, and I'll, I'll use his sermon outline, and I'll, I'll preach it. And uh, so I, I studied, and I, you know, and I got up there, and I, I, had, I had that outline in front of me. I spoke five minutes, and I couldn't think of a thing else to say. And I said, okay, uh, I'm finished. And I, the, pr the preacher was laughing. Uh, and uh, he got up, and but can I tell you something? I, I remember thinking, I am never going to do that again. But did you know God took me through a process by which he prepared me to be called to preach? And uh, he, he has been faithful, and uh, he has helped me with that. And uh, so God can give uh, the faith that we need to receive from him what he desires to give us, right? Uh, God responds to faith. He doesn't respond to pleading. Uh, he doesn't respond to belly aching. He responds to faith, right? That's what the Bible teaches. So um, I, I think of Manly Beasley. Manly Beasley uh, was a, a great uh, man of God years ago, uh, back when the earth was cooling uh, and I was a young man. Um, but Manly Beasley was an evangelist, and he would go around and he would speak about faith. And uh, many times in his ministry, he had needed money for a trip or money for something that he was doing, a project. And he had a specific amount to the penny that he needed, and he would ask God for it. And God would give him the exact amount that he needed. Sometimes it was in several installments before he got the exact amount. Uh, one of them, he's going to, God told him he to go preach this revival. And he said, well, God, I don't have the money for the plane ticket. And he said, that's not your concern. I've called you to go, uh, go to the airport. 
and he didn't have any of the money. And by the time he got to the airport, God had uh, he'd come across some people who had given him money, and it was the exact amount he needed for the plane ticket that he was going to buy. By the way, this same man had six terminal diseases at the same time. They told him he had six months to live, and by the grace of God, he preached for over a decade after that. God didn't heal him. He still had the terminal diseases, and he would go to, to doctors in these local places and um, get checked out. They'd say, well, well, we don't understand how you're alive. And he says, well, I'll, let me tell you, it's because of Jesus. And he would begin to witness to them, and they'd come to faith in Christ. It was, it was a great thing. Uh, so he had the faith to receive from God. Listen, our God is able to do all things, and if we'll trust him, uh, he will come through. All right. So help by the Spirit. How are we helped? He gives wisdom to serve. He gives faith to receive. Thirdly, he gives power to reveal. He gives power to reveal. Look at verse 8. Now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Okay? So he was filled with power. What was that power for? It was to reveal who Jesus is. You know, the Bible says that the God of this age, speaking of Satan, um, has blinded the minds of those who believe not. There is a spiritual blindness. It's more, it's not, you're not going to just talk to somebody in human wisdom and win them to Christ. Uh, God has to do a supernatural work to open their eyes to the truth. Okay? So, um, this spiritual work is done. The power to do this spiritual work is done uh, in two ways. One, it's done in the individual. I can remember that first uh, message that I heard where I realized I was lost, and I, I could sense the Spirit convicting me, uh, and I knew I was lost. And uh, it was a very powerful thing in me. But guess what? God also used the man who was speaking, right? Uh, so on both sides of it, he was using the preacher, but he's also using the Spirit's work in my heart to open my eyes to the truth. And through these signs, what do signs do? They point to something else you need to do, right? Stop or slow children at play, right? You're supposed to slow down because children are playing in the neighborhood, so it's pointing you to look for the children, right? Um, stop because why? Because there's probably a car coming through that intersection in a different way. So it's to point you to look for that other thing. So the signs and the wonders were to point people to Jesus and to show them that Jesus was who he said he was. So this power to reveal, all of this was to focus people on Jesus Christ so that they would come to faith in him. Beware of those who speak only about miracles but won't speak of the blood, won't speak of sin, won't speak of the need for repentance or trust in Jesus Christ, beware. Miracles are not for miracles' sake alone. They are to point people to Jesus Christ and the greatness of who he is. All right, so God gives power. Do you need power? God can give it. Power, uh, and by the way, this is important. How does God give us this power? Usually through prayer. How do you invite the power of God into your life? You invite it through prayer, right? Holy Spirit, fill me, right? 
God, give me words to say. God, speak through me. God, help me rightly divide your word of truth if you're sharing this book. Uh, Lord, um, speak through me the words that will pierce through the spiritual blindness in this person's life. Okay? What am I doing? I'm inviting the power of God into the situation to work through me. Now, God's given you gifts. He's given you talents. All of us in this room have different talents and different gifts that God has given us. Some of them are spiritual gifts. But can I tell you something? You can have a spiritual gift, but then you can have a spiritual gift that is specially empowered by God. And it's on a different level. Um, so Stephen uh, had this power to reveal, and because of that, he was greatly effective. Um, so helped by the Spirit. How are we helped? He gives wisdom to serve. He gives faith to receive. He gives power to reveal. He gives enabling to speak. Look at verse 10. I love this. Uh, they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Stephen was being led by the spirit of God. I like apologetics. Apologetics, if you don't know what that is, apologetics is um, basically the study and the art of giving a good answer to people who doubt the Christian faith. Okay? That's what apologetics is. But there's one thing to know an argument. It's another thing to be empowered by the Spirit. And when you're empowered by the Spirit and He enables you to speak, I remember, um, I, I can remember uh, different times in, in my preaching this has happened where God touches somebody specifically. I mentioned this yesterday to somebody I was talking to. Uh, we, we, uh, and this one, actually, the Holy Spirit was doing more speaking than I was. Uh, I preached the message, and this woman came out of the service. She said, she said, I loved it when you said, and she filled in the blank, but I didn't say that. And uh, can, can I tell you something? God can, can speak to somebody's heart in a special way, uh, it's amazing how he can do that. Uh, there was another case I was witnessing to a man, and I felt led to share a story. And I was like, Lord, really? I need to share that story? I don't really understand why. But I shared the story. And I began to see a little tear form in the man's eye. And I thought, what's it? I don't know how it touched him, but somehow it touched him, okay? It was a Holy Spirit thing. The Holy Spirit knew what he needed to hear. There is something supernaturally powerful about being led by the Holy Spirit. I pray for that. I don't always do that the way I need to be uh, doing that. Um, I remember there was a man in a previous church during the revival I've described there um, who was lost. And uh, his aunt had been praying for him. And uh, he and his wife began to attend our church. And uh, they were there for, for about, uh, I think, for probably about a month. And he came up and gave his heart to Christ. His wife gave her heart to Christ. And we had a meal after the service. And, and he told me at the meal, he said, he said, it's like you've been speaking directly to me for the past month. He said, do you know what's going on in my life? I said, I don't have a clue what's going on in your life. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. He's been speaking to you through me. But I don't have a clue what's going on in your life. 
You see, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when he enables us to speak, invite him to help you speak. You say, well, I, you know, I, I don't know how to speak. I hear a lot of people tell me that. Um, and God may not call you to speak, and that's okay. But don't, don't think that you can't share Jesus with somebody just because God hasn't given you an ability to speak. Um, God is the one who enables us. I, we had this guy in a previous church. He, he, uh, he just had a special, I think it was a gift of evangelism, honestly. He was not a good speaker. But he just had this way with people, and he'd connect with people. And uh, I remember he came, up, he came to me one, one Sunday night, and uh, he said, uh, hey, this is my friend so-and-so. She gave her heart to Christ this afternoon. She used to be a Jehovah's Witness. And I, I, uh, I said, what did you say to her? I was like, man, I need to write this down. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh, uh, you know, he really couldn't tell me what he had said to her. But he just had this way. Listen, if you'll trust God, if you'll ask God and invite God into these situations to enable you, you will be surprised at what God will do. So, also, let me just say this. God can enable you to speak to your kids, to your husband, wife, words of encouragement, uh, if you'll invite him to help you with that. Uh, so, Helped by the Spirit. How? He gives wisdom to serve. He gives faith to receive. He gives power to reveal. He gives enabling to speak. He gives joy to display. Look at verse 15. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. There is something miraculous about the person who can have joy when everything's going wrong. I don't think we need to be phony as Christians. Um, I think we need to be honest about where we are, and, and it's okay to grieve, and it's okay uh, to mourn loss. It's okay to be discouraged. Uh, the psalmist certainly was honest with, with God about what he faced. Um, but... God can impart a joy that this world can't give. And he can give it right in the middle of those circumstances. And usually what will happen is we bring our trials, our troubles, whatever they are, to Jesus. And we begin to cast those cares at his feet. And we, we mix that with thanksgiving, as Philippians 4 tells us to do. Uh, and uh, I like to mix mine with praise, too. And God begins to change our hearts, and he begins to impart faith to us so that we trust him. Uh, and, and it's amazing. Our whole perspective changes. As I was going through uh, that season of time at, at a previous church where I was, I was under great attack, and uh, I could remember just thinking, Lord, I, I put out three fires and five fire springs up. I, I just, I don't know what to do. And uh, I would take time, and I didn't really have office hours there. I'd, I'd go, and I'd just, I'd just worship Jesus. I'd, do, I'd get up at my normal time. I'd have my quiet time. But then I'd just worship Jesus. And I would turn on the stereo, and I would praise God. And I had this music I was listening to that blessed me and helped me connect with the Lord. And 
and I would raise my hands, and I would do some things probably that are a little bit unbaptist, you know, <laughs> I'd get excited, and I just get filled with the Spirit of God, and and it was amazing the change in my heart. And the peace of God would descend. I learned in that place what David meant when he said, The Lord is my strong tower. He lifts me up. He's, my, he's the one who exalts me to that high place. Because it was as though I was enveloped in this place of security where the Lord was. And the mountains became little molehills. <laughs> and Jesus was magnified in my eyes, and my perspective changed. And I could have joy. Now, I'm not telling you I was that way all the time, okay? I struggled. I, sometimes I'd have to you know, go back and get a fresh dose several times a day, you know, and just pray with somebody or do something to, to, get, um, to, to get right where I needed to be again. But... Um, this joy is available for us, and, and God can supply it. And uh, what a testimony it is when God's people can have joy in the midst of trouble. I've seen uh, some godly people over the years who have loved the Lord and have been filled with joy uh, in, a, in a hospital room. Um, uh, we had this, this one evangelist came and, and spoke at my school uh, years ago uh, when I was in Bible college, and um, he'd had heart trouble. He, they put him in the heart uh, wing, and, but he was just filled with the joy of the Lord, and he was witnessing to everybody that came into his room. And uh, God brought him through to the other side, and one of the nurses was saying, you know, I have Never seen anybody have this much joy being in as bad a situation as you're in. Why do you have this joy? And he was able to tell her about Jesus. He won five people to Christ during his stay in the hospital because the joy of the Lord was showing on his face. Listen, there's something powerful about that, something supernatural about it. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us with that. Uh, he can restore our joy, restore our soul, right? He is the good shepherd. He leads us in green pastures, and he restores our soul. Uh, this is the joy that he gives. Stephen was in the midst of all this chaos, and his face is shining with the joy of the Lord. What a testimony. Uh, God has called us not to live natural lives, but to live supernatural lives. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's be helped by the Holy Spirit. Let's invite him into the situations of our lives, into our family issues, into our church issues, into our evangelism issues, and let him work through us to reach a lost world for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit given to your people who have repented of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that today... Uh, our hearts would be surrendered. If there's any sin that needs to be confessed, that it would be confessed to you this morning. Help us ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit and to trust you and follow you with our lives, God. And for any who are here today that don't know Jesus Christ, God, I pray that today would be the day uh, that they would repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ.